Good morning, everyone. Uh, it is now 930. Uh, good morning and welcome to Sunday School. wanted to make sure we got started here with a little bit of music as we allow people to jump on. Uh, thanks for being here. have a selection. Uh, it's a short selection, but it's a really peppy one. I came to magnify the Lord by Bishop Clarence E. McClendon and the Harvest Fire Mega Mass Choir. Uh, big name. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get that started while we allow everybody to get on and join us for Sunday School this morning. Thanks for being here. Crystal, Dev, Ireland, good morning. Ronnie's on, good morning.
Peppy, I didn't know it was going to end like that, but that's, uh, that again was, uh, I Came to Magnify the Lord by Bishop Clarence E. McClendon and the Harvest Fire Mega Mass Choir, um, with some major singing, and that's a double hand clapping song as you go along, that's for sure. Um, good news, I want to pass on, uh, Deneen, I, I think I, I saw a message that you said that Jasper is doing much better, but he is still in the hospital. Um, I appreciate that update very much because I hadn't heard anything, uh, but thank you for that, and so we can share that with everybody else. And uh, good morning, Freddie Robertson is watching. Joanna, good morning. Um, thanks for being here with us. Um, we've got a pretty full group here uh, online right now, which is really good to know and see. Um, and we are going to continue to pray, absolutely. Um, for Jasper, uh, please keep all of our church members in prayer. Um, we are glad to hear he's doing better. Um, want to make sure that he gets home for the holidays. That's the, the, the main prayer right now is that he, they, he will be able to get home and be able to spend time, uh, with, uh, with the family. Um, today is December the 6th. The clock is moving on here and there's time moving on as far as, uh, uh this entire year where we're actually coming to another 24 days and the year will be over 25 days and the year will be over. And that's really incredible to believe right now yeah. i know but <laughs> but, the, but there's a there's a general cheering that it is almost over um but uh, we really appreciate um your being here with us knowing that we're going to be online for the next few weeks um but so please join us and please pass it on to others as well too um i want to emphasize as i did before not not beat it to death but some of our church members do not have the ability to get online um the way a lot of you do. We want to keep them in prayer and we want to make sure we're reaching out to them and making sure that we're making communication with them so that they are not isolated at this particular time. Uh, it's very, very easy to get isolated under the circumstances when you have a uh, situation like this where we're just not able to meet. So we want to keep that in mind as we go. A um, little housekeeping here too. Uh, we are um, going to let you know that there will be a drop box available at church if you want to do an offering, uh, provide an offering. Uh, if you want to mail your offering, I'll give you the address, um, um, which is simple. It's Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, um, 44320 is the zip code. But there will be a drop box available today between 1130 and 1230 at the church. Uh, it's like kind of a drive-through drop box, so I want to make sure that you're aware of that. Um, Please make a note of that. Uh, it's available every Sunday, and it will be available every Sunday for you to drive through if you want to go and just drop off your tithes uh, and offerings there at the church. Um, the plan uh, is for there to be a message available online uh, here at the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Um, and once we receive that message, we'll upload it and make sure it's available for you to view sometime today. I don't have a time frame for that. Um, uh, hopefully there, won't, there wasn't any problem or a glitch with that, but uh, just stay tuned and keep, we'll keep you posted with that. So we'll be here online live. We'll be here until about 10, 15, 10, 20 or so, uh, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, but 
uh, we will plan to have a message come forth some point at some point. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that as well, too. We are in the book of Ephesians, and I want to go ahead and make sure that we're, uh, again, as before we go forward, uh, one more thing, just to make sure that we, uh, as a reminder, stay prayerful for everyone. Uh, I think it's fair to do that and just be remind, mindful of those things as well, too. We appreciate everyone jumping on and being with us today. Um, this is great fellowship time, no question about it. And we do have big plans to try to expand upon this um, beyond just the Sunday school and the worship service uh, to try to get back into more Bible study uh, during the week as well, too. So we do have plans for that, so stay tuned. We've got some things going on that and behind the scenes to see if that is feasible. And um, um, let's just say that there's a praise uh, for, for Zoom uh, being available for a lot of us to use, whether you have uh, the application or not. You can just do it from your browser and your phone or whatever you're using. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but stay tuned for that. We'll keep you posted as we go further in this. Because, you know, for the reality is we're going to be online for a little, a little while, and we'll probably be online, uh, frankly, for as long uh, as you can look into the future here. We're, we're trying to uh, be, you know, more of a cutting edge uh, as far as getting this done and doing so, but we're, we're also remaining safe in the process to do so. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started in Ephesians. Uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 16. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. Um, hey, Freddie, that's fine. We'll be online, so if you want to come back and join us later, uh, we can. Uh, you can certainly do so. This will be available for you to look at later on. Uh, thanks for doing that. Um, and thanks for the heads up. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. Uh, the theme uh, for this section here is the unity in the body of Christ. And there is unity indeed. Uh, if we are giving emphasis to that unity. Uh, all brothers and sisters, uh, black, white, male, female, all together, all different races, all different uh, backgrounds, there is unity in the body of Christ because we have recognized that we all have one Savior, one baptism. Um, and we'll look at this as we move forward, and that's actually a part of the line of what's being mentioned here in Ephesians 4. Um, let's pray first, which is probably a good idea. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have given us to set aside time to look to you directly, look to your word, quiet our souls and spirits as we breathe in and out, and just let you speak to us right now. We thank you for your very presence today. We thank you for all that you have done for us to carry us through to this moment today. And Lord, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be listened to. And Lord, we want to hear the Spirit speak in what's being said this morning. We thank you for your very presence today. We ask that you bless us and keep us, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm very conscious of making sure that I'm praying to quiet our souls and allow the Lord to speak because we can do this as a ritual or we can do this where we're actually doing a genuine worship and praise. And I think that's very, very important for us to do. Let's start reading Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. Um, this is the New Living Translation. We're going to read through and come back and cover the verses. Um, so please follow along with me as we read Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16, starting with verse 1. Therefore I, 
and this is Paul speaking, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Verse 5, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Verse 7. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, he helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, that's Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. And it's good to read this passage uh, it's been something that I think is very much of note uh, because of the different type of year that we've had this year. Um, doctors and a lot of places have mentioned that uh, a lot of people are, are very hyper right now. They're very, very high-strung, very anxious. Um, a lot of uh, change has taken place this year that has been prolonged, hasn't really uh, eased up a whole lot. Uh, in fact, it hasn't eased up much at all, and it's going to carry through probably into early next year. And one thing that with this anxiousness and, you know, people's blood pressure is going up, people uh, diets have been impacted, people haven't been able to move about the way they'd like to. We all have a, a, a lot of stuff that we are dealing with right now that we just weren't dealing with back in, in early March uh, or February or even January. We, we are dealing with a different uh, set of rules and circumstances. All the more reason for us to really focus on Jesus Christ and what it is to live in unity in the body, to hold each other up before the Lord and pray for each other and support each other. 
And so the first part of Ephesians talks about that very thing. The first three chapters of Ephesians talks about the foundational aspect of what Jesus Christ does. And now this section, uh, the second part of Ephesians, talks about how we should live and how we are to deal with issues that come up and how we are to live in unity and support each other. Because no matter how we're feeling or what's going on, we still need to make sure that we're mindful of not just ourselves, but mindful of the body, mindful of Jesus himself. So let's go back over this and and kind of cover that. Uh, First of all, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Uh, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That's one thing that's very important right now, too, because we have to be patient. We have to understand that people are going to make mistakes. People are going to say things under pressure. Uh, It's not going to be very helpful for them. It's not going to be very beneficial. Um, and others may have a response to it, but we need to make sure that we are extending our grace, our grace to others, and being complimentary of others for just hanging in there and staying with it. Um, God has chosen us, and I, I would like to think that all of us understand that we've been chosen. He's chosen us to be his representatives here on earth. We are his representation. We are his reflection Just as you look in the mirror, you see a reflection of yourself. We are to be a reflection of Jesus Christ no matter where we go and what we do. We are to reflect him. And that's something that we need to make sure that we are doing each day. So Paul, what he's doing, and he's speaking to the Ephesians church, and I'll say this very briefly. This could be, you could plug in any church, any name of a church. This is a general letter. It was directed to the Ephesians, but it could have been a letter to any church at that time. And so we are automatically taking... Uh, Akron Alliance and putting that uh, it's a letter to Akron Alliance on how to behave and what we should be doing he wants us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received a life worthy it's a privilege to live in such a manner Christ has chosen us he has selected us he has given us the Holy Spirit that indwells within us he is giving us this ability to be able to be a representative of his of himself excuse me so what does that mean being a representative it means being humble it means being gentle it means being patient it means being understanding it means being peaceful uh, that's quite a calling to do those things but that's exactly what we're challenged to do as believers to be humble and gentle and patient with other people and understanding with people and living in peace and why should we live that way because people watch you people watch you all the time um i saw a couple at uh, at, at uh, brunch yesterday out at a restaurant and they were both sitting very close together and they were both nothing nothing weird just really just enjoying each other's company and enjoying the meal that they were eating and and talking to each other and having conversation and people, you know, obviously are going to notice that. They're going to see that. It's out in a public area. Uh, well, in the same manner, we are all being noticed, too, as we go about, because we have this light that comes from us through Jesus Christ. And so we are being watched. People are watching your life. People are looking at your life. So the question is, can they see Christ in you when they look at you? Can they see exactly what 
you represent in Jesus Christ in your life. Doesn't mean perfection, as we are far from perfect and we're we're not going to be the face of perfection, but Christ is our ultimate perfection. He is the one who is perfect. And so he if we are representing him, we need to make sure that we are challenging ourselves to do so in the best possible light. Now let's continue uh further down. Um, um we're making ourselves making every effort going back to verse three in Ephesians four. To keep yourselves united in spirit, binding the binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And then verse 5, which I implied, uh, mentioned earlier, alluded to earlier, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. So, this unity that we're talking about in the church, we are called to be unified in the church, but we have to make sure that we are actually doing those things necessary to be unified in the church. You know, we can talk unity all we want, but if we're not acting in that manner, then there is no unity. There's no understanding. Have you ever considered that it's important for some of us as believers to adopt the phrase, agree to disagree? agree to disagree we have a lot of people who believe a lot of different things in the body of christ no question about it and and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later with a certain section of passage that actually will allude to this but it doesn't matter what the answer is really it comes down to what christ has uh, determined is most important for us to understand but agree to disagree is a very very good way to look at how we should be believers in the faith we can all agree that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. That we can agree upon. But sometimes we get bogged down with things that we don't need to be get, getting bogged down in. Um, I'm all for having a good conversation with people about things that are relevant and important. But I also will caution people that if there is a conversation you're having about something, but it really doesn't mean anything about following Jesus Christ or truly worshiping him or serving him, then perhaps it's less important than what you're making it out to be. <clears throat> and that's something that we have to understand when we look at what Scripture is saying. So these, we have to work at this unity. It, it doesn't just happen. We have to work at it. Um, differences can lead to division. And that's a challenge for a lot of people in the faith because we have a lot of people who can make a lot of excuses about why they don't want to be in a fellowship or why they want to leave a church. And sometimes those excuses come down to, well, people aren't really buying into what I am bringing into the table, bringing to the table. People aren't buying in as to where I'm, what I'm all about. Well, what are you all about? Are you all about Christ or are you, are you all about yourself? That's an automatic uh, issue when it comes down to being you're not being unified with the body. If it's more important for you to talk about what you bring to the table as a person, then perhaps we need to take a step back and look at exactly what the motivation is behind your efforts. We don't need any disunity, especially today. We need people who are unified in the body. It needs to be true in the church that we're instead of concentrating on those things that divide us or separate us, we need to remember what unites us. We'll say it again. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God. All of those things are what we are to be focused on. We gather together on Sunday school and we have our worship services for one purpose. It's to praise the one and only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One God, one faith. That's why we gather together. That's why we do what we do. And we do so in fellowship every Sunday because that is what we are to do. We are to do that as a people. We are to do that as to reinforce each other, support each other, uh, give encouragement to each other when it's necessary. And we're here to encourage each other. We can encourage each other here, right here online, as we do uh, if we were gathering in the church, too. So we need to keep all those things in mind. And we need to learn to appreciate people who are different from you. If if someone is different from you, that doesn't make them a worse person or a better person. Because God views all of us as equal. We are all equal in the body. We are all the same. We are not there's no difference between any one of us. We look beyond obviously the color of our skin. We look beyond um, our different ethnicities, we look beyond our different races, we look beyond who we are and understand that each and every one of us has been gifted by God to do different things. Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know what your talents are? At this stage of the game, you really should know. There shouldn't be any speculation as to what your personal talents and gifts are. You are here for a reason and a purpose, and God has gifted you to be active in the body and participate in the body with whatever gift or talent that God has given you. And sometimes he gives you things to help you stretch yourself, even to understand more about yourself and go beyond who you think you are. But that still makes you equal in the body. Differing gifts, differing viewpoints can be helpful as learning opportunities for other believers as well, too. Uh, understand something. If someone may have a different viewpoint, but it doesn't mean that that viewpoint should be dismissed entirely. It has to measure up against whatever scripture says, of course. But ultimately, if it's something that you don't believe and yet there isn't uh, something that's there for us to understand, you can learn from everyone. By all means, keep that in mind as we talk about those things. Let me give you an example of that. Let's take a look at this. Uh, Turn your Bibles uh, real quick. Hold your finger in Ephesians. And please go to Ephesians chapter, or pardon me, 1 Corinthians, sorry about that, 1 Corinthians 12. Let me make sure I slow down, Mel. <laughs> Mine's racing. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. We have to learn that the body of Christ complements each other as individuals within the body. But that's why the church is so strong. The church has the capability of being mighty uh, in the world today as long as everyone is acting in a unified manner. And the church goes beyond our four walls, amen, which is what it's doing right now. The church is going beyond, beyond our four walls. We are, we are online and available for anyone to look at us right now who are not members of our church. But let's look at what it says here, First Corinthians 12 and 13, 12, chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. For as just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are, and all were made to drink of one spirit. All were made to drink of one spirit. 
There's one Holy Spirit, and there's billions of indwellings of people who have the power of the Spirit dwelling within them to enable them to serve within the body of Christ and serve and be involved in ministry uh, in all aspects of our lives. And I do mean all aspects of our lives. People need to see the love of Christ no matter what's going on in the world today, no matter what's happening politically, no matter what's happening when it comes to what other faiths are proclaiming, we still need to show the love of Christ uh, at all times. So there's one spirit. We're all made to drink of one spirit. Okay. And a quick note, too. It's important for us, back in verse 3, we talked about keeping ourselves unified in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Peace is the key word. Peace is the key word. If there is no unity in the church, there's no peace. Peace has to come with unity, and unity has to come with peace. There, There is really no way to separate the two. You, you have to have both of these things. So if we're talking about building unity and growing in unity in the church, we need to understand that uh, unity has a role through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit leads. Jesus leads. He's the head of our church, no question. The Spirit leads, but we need to make sure that we are willing to be led and do our part to keep the peace. Because Satan wants to disrupt churches. Amen? Satan's goal is to disrupt churches so that there is no unity and there is no peace. We, we must, must make sure that we are focusing on those very things. And focusing on not ourselves, but focusing on Jesus Christ. That is where our focus is. That is where we are going to continue to grow in the body and proclaim this unity that we're looking to. Okay, that covered verses 1 through 6 very, very effectively, I think, in this particular discussion in Ephesians. So let's go back and let's drop down to verse 7. Um, uh, back in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Um, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Um, So this is very important for us to see. He is quoting scripture in Psalm 68:18. That is where that ascended to the heights part is. Um, he gave a, led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. So what we need to see here is that it's important for us to live as though we are conquerors. This is what this passage is referring to. Live your life as a believer in Jesus Christ as you're a conqueror. You have conquered... Um, through Christ, death, and you have conquered uh, because you are here to proclaim his good news. You are a conqueror. You are the one that needs to live in such a way that you are a com- conqueror. God is pictured in Psalm sixty-eight, eighteen, as a conqueror marching to the gates and taking tribute from the fallen city. And Paul is using that picture to teach that Christ, in his crucifixion, in his resurrection, was victorious over Satan. We need to live as we are in victory. This is very important for us to understand and see. We are not living as defeated. Forget about all the stuff that's going on today in the world. We're not to live in defeat. We are not to live in such a way where we don't have anything to look forward to. Of course we have something to look forward to. 
we need to look beyond the things that we see here and look at the unseen. Look at the lives of people who have been changed this year for the good. Look at the lives of people who have changed this year for the better. There has been victory. There have been victories that have taken place all throughout this country and all throughout this world because of perhaps something that we'll never see ever again. Uh, we don't know if we will or not. But understand how much your lives have changed this year. And there's been a lot of good that's come out of it. There has been a victory that we've all experienced if you want to recognize it. That's the key. You can live as though things are miserable and things are never going to get better and things are going to uh, get worse. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, Jasper is living his life in such a way where he is giving glory to God because he's here to do give, to give glory to God. And I, and I think that's where we need to have an attitude where we may not be feeling our best, but we have a lot to be thankful for and we have a lot to give glory to God to. Uh, I, I challenge you to think in that manner. Uh, this is not a Pollyanna speech. This is not anything close to that. But I challenge you to look at all of the good things that have happened this year in the midst of all the things that have certainly been not very good. We have a lot of praises that we've been able to give all year long. We have a lot of thanks that we've been able to give all year long. We have a lot of things that we have been very, very, uh, we are able to celebrate and we can celebrate Christmas in exactly in that manner. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have a really wonderful Thanksgiving? Because that was the opportunity for us to give thanks and give glory to God for all the things he has done to bring us through to this point this year. And so we need to understand that these are all things to be thankful for. There are many, many things to be thankful for. And that doesn't take away from those we've lost. And it doesn't take away in one way, shape, or form from those we've lost. We... We recognize that those people we've lost, honestly, have their reward. I mean, there, there are many positives that we need to look at, even in the midst of tragedy. We need to understand that. And I know that that can ring hollow in some cases with a lot of people. I got that completely, and I understand that. But we, we've had people in our church this year that went to glory uh, earlier this year. Uh, had nothing to do with... Um, COVID, it had everything to do with it. Just it was God had called them home, and so we understand that, and we have a responsibility to live in such a way where we remain lights in a very dark world. We look beyond what we see and look at the unseen and live in such a manner that way. In order to look at Christ being victorious over Satan, what do we have to do? Look beyond the unseen. Look beyond the seen to the unseen, excuse me. That's what we have to do. That's where the victory is. Um, and these gifts that we have in the church are the gifts that uh, are discussed in uh, verses 11 through 13, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, Christ gave gifts to the church, and so he has really given us a great deal. So I just take a deep breath and just remind myself of, boy, what... What a blessing we do have right now because we're all able to get together, first of all, and encourage each other and really just speak to what God has done to help us through. It's been bumpy. No question about it. It's been very bumpy. But I also know that God has a way of smoothing the bumps. He has a way of doing those things that help us to be able to look to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and look and see what his goodness is.
Now let's take a look at verse 9, going back to Ephesians 4. This is going to talk about one of those things that um, is kind of debated in church, but it's, it's a good discussion. Verse 9. Notice that it says he ascended. This is referring to the previous uh, verse in verse 8. This is Paul speaking. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, this has to do with uh, this, uh, the idea of looking at and implying the crucifixion and the resurrection. So if we go back and look at the passage, lowly world, in verse 9, it can be, um, and this is speculative, and you would have to look at different commentaries to also uh, see what is said about this. The lowly world can be referred to as, one, the earth itself, uh, lowly by comparison to heaven, that's for sure. Two, the grave, because there was a grave that um, Christ had to go to and overcame that. Or three, Hades. And Hades was also, of course, discussed many times in the Old Testament. And Hades is referred to where, uh, as many people still believe, and perhaps believe, believed before, that was the resting place of souls between death and resurrection. Now, ultimately, it doesn't matter what the true definition is. We can make the assumption very easily that it could very well refer to the earth itself because we are certainly below the heavens. We are not in heaven. Um, people like to use the term heaven on earth, but we know that the heaven on earth that we refer to is nothing like the heaven where God himself is uh, occupying, uh, where he is seated right now. But we need to understand that whether, however we understand what this lowly world is, Christ is the Lord of the whole universe, past, present, and future. He is Lord over all. He is Lord over Hades. He's Lord over this world. He is Lord over the grave. He, he has conquered the grave. He is Lord over all of those things. He is the whole universe. There's nothing or no one hidden from him. There's nothing that gets past him. There's nothing that gets beyond him. He, in fact, is Lord over all. The Lord of all came to earth and faced death to do what? Rescue all people. He had to die on the cross and conquer death through his resurrection. And so by doing so, no one was beyond his reach. Um, it's told and mentioned that he went down to Hades and spoke to those who were in that place and, and, and let people know that that's where you know, he, was, he had conquered over that. Um, and that's something that we need to understand as well, too. He went to a place that was low in the grave and ascended to the place that's higher than anywhere we can ever imagine. He conquered death for us. He is Lord over the entire universe. Sometimes we like to put God in boxes. We like to put him in boxes. And I'm going to challenge you that putting him in a box is limiting him, not because of what he can do, but because of what you believe he can do. What you believe he can do. When you put God in a box, you're limiting in what you think he can do. He is Lord over all. Remember what it said? I just said earlier, he can see everything. There's nothing hidden from him. There's nothing beyond his understanding. Everything that's taking place right now, there's nothing going on that he's not aware of and he is not privy to. We must, must overcome fleshly thoughts and not allow Satan to deceive us to think that God is not in any of this. 
this is something that's very important for us to always remember. He is in all of it. He understands all of it. He understands how you are going through all of this. And frankly, sometimes I think he challenges us in our anxiety, in our fleshliness, in our shortcomings, to reach out to him even more and look to him. Um, you know, some, some of us have to take medication. Amen? Well, medication is provided by God. It's something that he is the author of. It is something that allows us to be able to function in such a way where we can live at our best and in our best manner to be able to serve him. So there's no shame in having to take medication. I, I think that a lot of people get sometimes a little bit too wrapped up in that when they just fail to realize that God is a creator of all. If he created the human beings that came up with the medicines that we take today, he is a creator of those medicines. He is the one who is putting forth those things that we need to be able to function. I mean, are you, if you have a splitting headache, are you going to just sit there and say, well, I'm better than this. I don't need to take a, an aspirin or take whatever it is. Well, you can try that if you'd like to, but understand that God gives you those things to help you to feel relief. He wants you to be at your best. Do you get that? He wants you to be at your best. He wants you to sometimes pay attention to those things that are affecting you personally. He wants you to be at your best. He wants you to reach out and start asking questions or praying to God about those things that are going on in your life. He wants you to be your best. He has conquered everything. He has conquered over all death. He has conquered the grave. He has done that directly for you and for me. And we need to live in such a way where we are living as conquerors and not living in defeat. Now let's go down to verse 11 in Ephesians 4. I hope you're getting the theme of this. When we talk about unity, unity means we have to also bring everything we have to the table and be the best we can be as individuals. And sometimes it means we have to you know, check ourselves out, check out how we are behaving, check out what we are doing. A lot of people can do stuff to you and try to hurt you or ridicule you or make you feel uncomfortable. You don't have to listen to that. You don't have to listen to it. You can ignore it. It doesn't matter what other people think. If you have Christ, you have everything. You have everything that you could possibly need to function in such a way where, uh, and you can tell Satan, get behind me as often as you need to to make sure that he indeed is not part of your life and that you are looking directly to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what people say or think about you. People are going to think what they want to think anyway. People are going to do what they want to do anyway. You can't control it. You can't control what other people do, but you can control what you do, and you can control how you live for Jesus Christ. And he gives you gifts. Look at verse 11 in Ephesians 4. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Look at what we have as a church. We have people who are speaking on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and he gives this to the body of Christ, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And the apostles are basically those who had served for Christ, who had direct contact with him. And those at that time, they were still around. They were still functioning uh, in missionary work and ministry work. But he also gives the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers do exist today. Those people are still around. Those people are available. There are people who are prophets. Um, don't know how accurate the prophets are. That's not the point. But they do exist today. The only ones that don't technically exist today are apostles because those are the ones who are indeed the ones who had direct contact with Christ Jesus. But he gives us this ability and this responsibility to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. So what we're going through right now in Sunday school is a learning process uh, about helping us to be able to equip others and learning how to live such a life before other people. I hope you can see that because that's exactly what Sunday school is all about. That's what going to worship services is all about. We learn in fellowship with each other and learn how we are to equip others. Why? Because we need to make sure that we are doing what it says in Matthew 28. Go to that. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And understanding that Jesus Christ is the one who gives direction because he has the complete authority. He is the one who is over Lord of all, which is what we said earlier. He is the Lord over the entire universe. There's nothing that gets past him. He is part of everything. He knows all about your life. He knows all about you. He knows all about your family. He knows all about everyone he's created because that's his responsibility. That's what he does. Matthew 28:18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now this is one of our church um, mission statements. Of course, it's Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And it's a great mission statement because it basically gives us the responsibility. It's a huge responsibility uh, to preach, to teach, to provide healing. Um, healing in the way of, of healing of just by visiting someone and saying hello. You know, Sometimes that it does wonders for a person and lifts their spirits up. There's spiritual healing that's taking place as well as physical healing. Nurturing, giving, administering, building and many, many other tasks. There's all kinds of direction that you as a believer can do within the church. One thing that I think is going to be really important for us, our church to do this year, because of what I had mentioned earlier, we're going to be online for the rest of December and then also the first Sunday in January, is for us to make sure that we're reaching out to other members of the church and saying hello to them and reaching out uh, in such a way where letting people know you're thinking of them. Letting people know you're praying for them. Letting people know that these are the things that are necessary. And we can have the Bible studies. We can have the conversation with an individual within our church. Support one another. Now, if we try to do all this stuff with the flesh, we might as well not even try and do it because we won't do very well at it. We will, we will just fail at it. In our fleshliness, we will fail. Uh, we will not succeed in this whole endeavor of being unified in the body and supporting each other. Um, it's very important for us to make sure that we uh, accomplish this through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is calling us as members of the body. We can accomplish much more 
than we would ever think possible because we are relying upon Jesus Christ. We are a small church, but we are doing mighty things. And we are doing wonderful things because it's important for us to have a presence, not just with a building in Akron, Ohio, but a presence even online that goes beyond our building, goes beyond the four walls of our church. So that's the most important thing for us to see. Um, God calls us to be members of his body. He wants us to work together and work together in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish even much more than what we thought we could accomplish. Okay? So it's very important for us to understand that. Now, the last section of Ephesians 4 is also a behavioral uh, situation as well, too. Uh, let's look at verse 14 real quick. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. That's discernment. The Spirit gives you discernment. You won't be tricked if you have discernment. You may speculate on it. You may give it to the Lord. But ultimately, discernment is what gives you the difference to not allow yourselves to be deceived or tricked by someone. Because people are going to trick you. That's just the nature of the world we live in. So if we believe in the Lord as the truth, and we do believe in the Lord as the truth, the Holy Spirit is the guide and guides us in the spirit of truth. And we know that Satan is what? The father of lies. And John 8.44 says that. So we recognize those things. Um, as follower of, followers of Christ, we had to be committed to the truth. Um, John 14.6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the truth. It's speaking truth. We need to stay rooted in that truth. We're rooted in truth. And pray to the Lord for discernment. Discernment. We are to be honest. We are to reflect Christ's integrity. A lot of people in the flesh have fallen short of that. And we understand that. We've seen it. So we need to remain remain with integrity in our service for the Lord. And sometimes when we are being truthful, sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it's not pleasant. But sometimes it's necessary that we have to speak in truth before believers. If we are here to help each other and guide them into truth, we're going to have people who need to be guided in truth because they're messing up and they don't really quite know what the truth is. So our role is to teach in love and be humble in doing so and let people know the truth. And don't pull any punches on the truth. The truth is what it is. I mean, we have watered-down gospels all over the world because people are afraid to speak up and say that Christ is Lord. That's, <laughs> that's the reality of our world today. We live in Satan's domain. They don't, uh, Satan does not want us to recognize Christ as Lord. We need to be the ones to do that exactly that. So we're going to be attacked for that. We recognize that uh, standing on the foundation of Christ will sometimes uh, garner attacks from others. But we are not to be, uh, we're not to believe or feel that we're left alone at all. We are one in the body, one in the spirit. One together in unity in the faith. Let's strengthen each other through this process. Let's continue to grow with each other in this process. Let's continue to speak the love of Christ as we move forward. Speak truth. Speak love while being humble and being patient and giving understanding to others. Paul is showing us a way to live here that we need to look at and understand. Amen. 
Father, we just thank you for this time. This time that you've given us. To sit quietly and hear the Spirit speak. We thank you for your loving presence this morning. We thank you for how you help us to begin the way in such a way, begin the day in such a way where we truly are thankful that we have you in our lives. Lord, we know about all the things that are taking place right now, and we and some of us have are very fearful of going out and doing certain things. But Lord, we ask you to help to quiet our souls and spirits and comfort us in this time. Because ultimately it comes down to looking beyond what we see and looking at the unseen, looking directly to you for love, care, patience, patience with us as we navigate through life today. And we thank you, Lord, for those people you put in our lives that help us through day by day and moment by moment. We don't take them for granted one bit. We don't take our church one bit granted either. And we certainly don't ever want to take you for granted. We thank you, Lord, for how you lift us up when we need to be lifted up. We thank you for helping us to avoid those chasms and cliffs in our lives and redirect us and straighten us out. We, help you for, we thank you, Lord, for helping to smooth out the bumps that we experience. We thank you for your very presence in helping us to Stay unified as a church. Stay together as a people. Stay unified in the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. We are, uh, it's about 1023. We're going to go ahead and uh, sign off. We just want to do a brief reminder, though, for those who are uh, looking to do a tithes and offerings between 10:30 and 11, 11:30 and 12:30 today, there will be an offering box out uh, in beside the church for you to drop off your offering offerings and tithes. We thank you for being here this morning. God bless you all and take care of yourselves. We will see you next time, and uh, we hope to see you again later on today uh, for a message. Uh, we give praise and thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ for all that He is doing. We just give you thanks and praise. You all take care. We'll see you next time.